All right, we are so excited to be welcoming um, Adrian Bordeaux. Am, am I pronouncing that right, Adrian? <laughs> It's close enough. It's Adrian Broder. Broder. Well, we are delighted to have you, and your memoir is called Wild Game, My Mother, Her Lover, and Me. And um, it's so good. It reads. It just reads like a novel, and not since The Glass Castle has a memoir managed to convey such a complex family bond and devotion, and your story Thank is you. amazing. We're so excited. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Oh, my gosh. We're so excited to have you on today. Can you, for our listeners, give them the setup of your book? Sure. So Wild Game tells the story of my very complicated relationship with my mother. And it starts with a pivotal moment in my life, which was when I was a 14-year-old girl. um, And we were on my family's home on Cape Cod. And well after midnight, my parents, my mother and stepfather had had guests for the weekend and there'd been a very boozy dinner. And in the middle of the night, my mother opened my door and came into my room to tell me that her husband, who is my stepfather's best friend, had just kissed her. And so what I didn't know at that moment was that this was going to go on to become a really an epic love affair between my mother and her husband's best friend. Um, but it was one of those, I, I did know that it was changing everything, that I'd gone to bed as my mother's daughter and I'd woken up as her confidant and sort of co-conspirator. And I got very embroiled in helping her with this affair as, as, a, young, as a child and then a young woman. And it's just so unbelievable that your mom would, you know, break the boundaries of being the adult and having you be a part of that yeah. as the child, you know, and it, it's yeah, just... I mean, that's... Go ahead. That's what I was sort of, ex- no, that's what I was exploring there. And of course, you know, it's interesting at my age, and I happen to have a 14-year-old daughter, so it makes it all the more shocking because, of course, as the 14-year-old, I felt fully ready to be her friend, and sure. I was sort of thrilled at the idea of her happiness and all that. And now, as an adult, seeing a 14-year-old, of course, I realize that despite how they might appear as, a, as an adult, you know, they're still children. And so it was, you know, that's been one of the sort of heart-cracking moments of this is sort of realizing that above all, and why I wrote the book, is that I knew that there was this legacy in my family of keeping secrets, and I needed to break that um, with this next generation. And in the, it, it's such a compelling story. It's like, I don't even want to give it away to everybody, but <laughs> because it's just so good, and I think... Um, before um, I've got a partner here who wants to ask you questions too. My, um, there's okay. so many different times your parents got married, and, you know, remarried, and then you married your mother's lover's son, and divorced from. I mean, that it, it's just. I did. Excuse me. I said I did indeed. <laughs> I know oh, you did indeed. I mean, and it's just like an epic, epic. And when you talk about just kind of the underlying keeping the secret from your stepdad and having this secret with your mom, you feel, you know, your mom is a complete narcissist in doing this to you, but also you have such compassion and love your mom and you want to be part of it. And you got some energy from that. I did, and I do feel like one of the sort of 
heart-expanding processes of writing a memoir is that when you put yourself in someone else's shoes, as I had to do for my mother, um, I, and I'm not saying anything but that she made a very poor maternal decision sure. in enlisting me, but you do, you do actually see when you know anyone's story, you develop the capacity to forgive them or to see why they might have done what they did. And however crazy it might sound, her um, her childhood made mine look like a picnic. I mean, she had oh. a really difficult childhood. She had um, parents who kept bigger secrets from her. There was a whole secret other family. And, um, you know, she'd, she'd gone through some great tragedies before before this moment. And so... Some people actually read the book and kind of admire that she sort of chose to go for love rather than curl up in, into a ball. But I think, you know, the, the, the big problem and the big thing that I was trying to um, examine in the book was just the nature of keeping a secret and how devastating it is, especially for a young person, but for any of us, because on some level, when you keep a secret of that magnitude, what happens if you actually prevent yourself from intimate relationships or being known in any way? Because, of course, you're holding this huge part of yourself back from your friends or your boyfriends or whoever it is, your teachers. You just are holding something in. Oh, Adrian, that is so well said about secrets. If you're just joining us, the book is Wild Game. We're talking with the author, Adrian. Adrian Broder. I hope I did it right that time. I'm terrible with names, by the way. You did it right. Okay, and, and just, um, you know, you've been in the publishing business, and your mother was a famous chef. How do you say your name? Is it Malabar? Malabar? It's Malabar, yeah. Malabar. And, um, Malabar. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, when did you, because you've been, you know, you've kept journals since you were a young woman, and this book had so many people that wanted to publish it, and I know it's been made into a movie. Um did yep. you expect this explosion of interest when you finally decided to sit down and put pen to paper? Oh, of of course not. You know, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I didn't have an agent. I didn't have an editor. I was writing this deeply personal, very quirky story in part to just figure out my own feelings about it. Right. And, and so, you know, you obviously, as a writer, you hope your work will get published, but Honestly, and I'm not being coy, I really thought perhaps there would be the perfect editor at a small house who would, you know, love this story. I I think what I didn't realize is um, the universality, because, of course, even though you might not have been complicit in your mother's extramarital love affair sure. like I was, I think mothers, mothers are universal and boundaries are universal. And it's such an incredibly powerful role that mothers have in our lives. And many, many people who've read this book come to me and they say, I feel like you wrote it for me, which nothing could shock me more, of course. Um, But I think that a lot of people have had, can relate because of similar, even if they're different, but similar circumstances with their own parents. Yeah, the power of secrets. Yeah, I wanted to ask you that because I came from a family, a mother that had had a long-term affair sort of similar situation I didn't know until I was 16. Wow. Um, but it's a very, wow. it, it's a more common story than people know. And how old were you when you finally realized like, wow, this isn't like everybody else necessarily? Well, it's such a great question, of course, because, you know, we all only get one childhood and one set of parents. So for the most part, 
our life seems very normal to us. And coupled with that, this sort of legacy of deception, I knew my grandparents had done the same thing. So I kind of just thought this is this is yeah. the adult world. This is what these people do. And so, you know, there were very many beats along the way where, you know, I would have a moment, a sort of mini awakening. And, you know, that, that was, you know, one sort of ne'er-do-well boyfriend who had you know, nothing. I mean, he, he was hardly the person who I would have expected to judge me. And, but I had told him this story or judge my mother, I should say, right. yep. but I told him this story sort of innocently as a 17 year old or something. And he was like, Oh my God, like I've never heard anything so horrible. And I really thought he'd misunderstood because of course, yeah. how I had been sort of groomed to understand the story was that they were actually star-crossed lovers because they they weren't breaking hearts they weren't breaking this family they were going to stick together right so there were very many things along the way the real game changer for me of course was having children and realizing like you know this is this I just need to face this and sit with this and be with this directly because if this is going to stop, it has to stop with me. And it's not going to stop just because I hope it will. You have to, you have to face it. You have to own your part in it. And that way you can move out from under the story. I think it's cool. You took a, wrote a journal too, because I think looking back on events that happen in our lives that are kind of traumatic like this, we can recreate them and create a new narrative that fits our thoughts Absolutely. I totally agree with you there. And it's and it's important for us to do. It's the only way to kind of move on mm-hmm. and make sense of things. Oh, my gosh. All right. If you're just joining us, this is a hot book. You can read it. it you won't want to put it down. Wild Game, My Mother, Her Lover, and Me by Adrian Brodeur. And Adrian, um, the necklace, yeah. you know, that has a, a big role in the book. Um <laughs> I kind of read in some of the different things that you, you know, your mother's 80 now and she has to mention you've been reading her excerpts from the book. Has that been kind of a way for you guys, you know, to spend time and heal? I know that you are. Well, I'm no longer, I'm no longer reading her parts of the book. She's actually very, very ill at this point. I read her parts of the book as I was, no, it's, it's. Fine. Um, I read her parts of the book, you know, a couple years ago as I was writing it. And that was healing because I have to say that, um, you know, it was pretty brave of her when, when she was healthier about five years ago, I had told her, um, that I planned to write this book. And, you know, she knew I'd been struggling with this for a long time. Right. And I have to say, you know, she um, supported me and she offered me, she was a great chronicler of her own life. She had a lot of journals and she wrote cookbooks and had food articles and she sort of compiled things and helped me um, get a sense of the timeline and, and actually allowed me sort of uh, an avenue into some of her, you know, her childhood and, and lots of areas I didn't know about before, which gave me a great deal of compassion for her. That's that's so beautiful. And then I we have to go. We have to before we go, I have two things. The Mary Oliver poem. Yeah. We love Mary Oliver. It, that just the oh, way you start I love your Mary book. Oliver too. Oh yeah. That was so sad. Um and then her passing this last year. And then also, what is the last great book you read? I just finished in the last couple of days um 
Oh, so good. Know My Name by um, Chanel Miller. And it is she is the woman who is the Emily Doe in the rape case with the Stanford swimmer all yes. those years ago. Yes. And in this memoir, she reclaims her identity in such a powerful way after the criminal justice system and this man had taken it from her. And it is a beautiful book. Oh, I love knowing that. I saw her interviewed a while back, but um, that's great to know. You are a what a lovely gift to a lot of people and um it's just such a great book thank you for being on our show well thank and we'll look thank for- you so much for having me i oh, really appreciate it it's so lovely um i mean it's not lovely but it's hard fought but there you wrote something about forgiveness that's just sticking with me um that i think you know we talk about the power of secrets and how painful they are and how much damage they do but also the power of forgiveness mm-hmm and that really resonated with yeah. me. So thank you. Your book is amazing. Um, big thumbs up. Thanks for your time. And we got to go, guys. We got We've got a couple books. Thanks, honey. We've got a couple books to give away. Give us a buzz at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back with Hollywood Speak.